Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain! Look at me, short. I'm the captain now. Welcome to the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Dano, and with me as always, we have the people's mullet. That is Pato. Welcome, Pato. Yes. Hello, Dano. Hello, listeners. Hopefully, you've been listening to our advice and avoided some of the carnage, but um, pretty high-scoring round, Dano, for some popular primos. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Fucking Zachy Merritt. You go, you good thing. And Lockie Neal, fuck yeah. Um, but anyway, let's not jizz too much over them. Uh, let's jizz over the group winner, which was Jacob and his team Sparklers, Pato. Who did he have? Yeah, really, really solid score of 2,663. But one one name really stands out in defense, and that's Dan Houston, Dano. Had a huge uh, game-winning goal after the siren Um on Saturday night for a 156, but had Dacos and Stewart as well, um, including the fake Primo, the only one letting him down with an, uh, negative, uh, an under 100 score there. Um, Tom Green in the midfield and Caleb Sarong, who is a bit POD-ish, even though he's having a great year. Will Ashcroft still on field? Looks a bit odd as a rookie, but, hey, I'd fucking rather him than Jack Steele at the moment. Yep. Um, Tim Mikish in, in Iraq, that's that's great. Um, Connor Rosie, 141. Most people have him, though. So, yeah, pretty, pretty solid team, Jacob. So, well done. And overall rank of 2,900-odd isn't too shabby either. Yep, yep, agreed. Anyway, injuries and suspensions, Pato. So, first off, we had the Elliot Yo fucking call during the week. Uh, car, four weeks, month out, beautiful. Yeah, I mean... This came out, the news of that came out after we recorded last week. Yep. Uh, would have, at least they announced it during the week and we didn't find out as a surprise on Thursday night. But yeah, that, that was always the risk, unfortunately. Um, did have what, three or four scores over 100 before that? Really unlucky, but you probably have to jump off him now. Yep. Matt Fife, motherfucker. Um, stretch, uh, stress fracture with this bloke. Uh, they're looking at deloading him, Pato. So, that, to me, sounds like he's not going to play again this season. Your thoughts? I mean, a stress fracture alone is probably a month, and if they're looking to deload, whatever that means, like, I'd put a, name, uh, a line through his name, unfortunately. And again, like, it's really unlucky if you've got Yo and Fife to lose them both, especially within a week of each other. Was always the risk, though, and I got real lucky here. It probably sounds like I've got a crystal ball, but I traded out Nat Fife last week down to Windhager that got me the cash to get to Bear Keys, Ben Keys. Yep. So got a bit lucky there, uh, but Fife probably has to be a trade also. Yeah, Josh Dunkley came off, uh, got subbed. Uh, everyone that had him VC was fuming, uh, which was a lot of the competition. Uh, he's got West Coast this week. Do you reckon he plays, Pato? Look, I think it's touch and go. I don't think they're going to risk him. If he's not 100%, I don't think they need him at, at the Gabba against West Coast, who are literally paying $20. Um, and I know West Coast looked not too bad yesterday, still couldn't get the job done, but I think it's more of a reflection of St Kilda than West Coast, how uh, the Eagles went yesterday. But anyway, we'll, we won't go too much into footy-footy. I think if he's not – if he's even at 80% going into Saturday's game, I don't think they, he plays. So there's no reason to risk him. Especially the way that McCluggage played and Lockie Neal's back to his best. And they've got, um, obviously Will Ashcroft, who, you know, might, might do really well playing a, a whole game in midfield against the Eagles. 
Yep. Yep. Jaden Short, hammy, three to four weeks, Paddo. That's shattering shit. No, it was just a tear. It wasn't a shatter, but yeah, not good. Um, <laughs> he, he literally had 50 super coach points, um, when he got subbed out at quarter time. So yeah, everything sort of turned to shit when he got subbed off as well, even though his replacement was a halfback, but we are actually debuting a defender. It's already been announced. Really weird to get two day debutant announcements on Monday, but that is what's happening. So Richmond will be debuting two young fellas on Thursday night against the Swans. Yep. Yep. And Jack Zebel, a corky test. Yeah. The seagull. Yeah. It might be your opportunity to get rid of him, but, uh, this didn't look great. Like he was on the ground. Um, you know, a ball had just spilled out and someone came over the top of him and it was knee right in the back of the hamstring. So, would have fucking hurt. And, uh, uh at that age, I'm assuming, because he's older than me, um, <laughs> wouldn't be a quick turnaround. So it may be in some doubt for Sunday's game against the Cats. Yep. We're going to some rookie trading options, Pato. We've got four blokes listed, uh, two from Carlton, two from West Coast. And the first one is the one that I mentioned last week, uh, which is Lockie Fogarty, uh, at 167,400. Uh, you got a lazy 99 against Hawthorne, and he's coming up against a team, if anyone listened last week, that he has scored a massive 163 points against in 2021. So I, I'm I fucking the shit out of him and one of the other Carlton players that we're going to name after this uh, in place of Nat Fife. What are your thoughts, Pato? I think you could definitely do worse. The thing that concerns me about Fogarty is it's, it's a forward pocket role. And he had 18 touches and seven tackles on a goal, which is really good for that role, but he's not going to play Hawthorne every week. So I have doubts as to whether he can do it against the good teams. Um, he did score, was it, was it 50 or 60 odd last week, Dano? Uh, 51 against the Suns before their bye. Um, Although the run isn't too bad home. Um, Freo, Port Adelaide, West Coast in the next three, then Collingwood. Um, look, as bench cover, I don't hate it. I'd probably prefer his teammate, if I'm honest, just because the role is more attractive and the price is basically the same. Yeah. Um, if you're looking for a mid-forward around that that price point. Yeah, and that's David Cunningham, uh, Pato is referring to, and he's 163,800 uh, mid-forward. Uh, he's come right back into this Carlton team. It's no surprise, to be honest, that what they've won both of those games, haven't they? Yeah. And they also beat the bye, Paddo, so Carlton fans are getting ready for finals. <laughs> they got off 16th and, and they're up to, what, 14th? Yeah. I can't really talk. I go for Richmond. But anyway. <laughs> I go for Giants. But, hey, we're, we're, we're looking we're still- at the eight. We're looking at the age. Yep. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I prefer Cunningham's role. It just looks a little bit more attractive, um, up more around the ball on a wing sort of area. So yep. I think if I'm choosing between the two, it's Cunningham. He's also a bit older and coming off a long-term injury, obviously there's a bit of doubt there, but surely he gives you the, the final eight weeks of the season, Dana, and provides decent enough cover. Yeah. Yeah. Um. We've also got Ryan Marich uh, at one oh. Oh wait, no, sorry, he's one forty thousand. He's had his price rise. You got a seventy six in that game where the Eagles actually looked like they were going to fucking beat the Saints, and then the Saints just well, actually the Eagles fell over in a heap. But yeah, he actually showed promise. He was on fifty one or something at half time, Paddo. Yeah, and he didn't play like a permanent forward role. He was up around the ball, played half forward, sort of wing, sort of role, which is. 
really strange. Um, if you look at his heat map, he actually, his hottest heat was in the middle, in the center. Um, didn't get any CBAs, but was certainly around about in terms of, um, sort of those secondary stoppages and in that high forward role and kicked a couple of goals as well. So I think even though he's had his price rise, has he had two, I believe? Ah. Um, whatever it is, I still think like he's still about the same price as those other two that we've already mentioned. He's won 40K, so he's had one price rise. Yeah. Um, but if the, if he's going to be up around the ball and have that role, then I really, really like it. Now, he was a late in, uh, and I can't remember who he replaced. I know Kelly was one of the late outs. He, he didn't replace him in the was, midfield. But, um, yeah, no, it was Tim Kelly, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he was one of them, but there was someone else that was out that he was the direct replacement for. But yeah. They played Jack Williams as a permanent forward, and the, the sub was a debut ruck as well. So they went a bit taller up forward, and it allowed Marich to be a bit more around the ball. And if that role is going to continue, I really, really like it, even at 140K. So we know, I mean, we said last week he's walking, he's getting games. Clearly that isn't the case. He wasn't named. <laughs> but surely, yeah. like, he looked he looked really good. Yep. Elijah Hewitt's the other West Coast player at 161,300. Uh, he... I, I didn't actually really watch it. Um, I was more interested in another game um, and then cheekily changed it over. I was like, oh, yeah, this looks all right. Um, yeah, so he's played his six games. Um, he's had a few as a sub and whatnot. And you'd think that he would be playing, like, full games now, Pato. Yeah, he played 76% time on ground. Had 16 CBAs, don't I? Yeah, they don't. Well, when people say that they don't have anyone else, they actually still do have players. So they that's do. a good they're sign. Just, yeah. They're just young as shit. Um, no, well, Luke Shuey's not young. True. True. Dom Sheed's not young. But he had seven more CBAs than Ruben Ginmi, who's their like, top draft pick. So he was up around the ball. He looked okay. Don't know. Now, I watched a bit of this game, um, tuned it off late, but he looked okay. Um, didn't set the world on fire in terms of getting the ball. But it was good with the ball, went at 90% efficiency, kicked a couple of goals. And, yeah, I think they've sort of groomed him into this sort of half-forward and splitting midfield role, and, and it's not horrible. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Look, there's a, there's four different options there that people can trade in, um, obviously from two lower teams. But, hey, if you've got the trades and you're looking for to free up some cash, there are four guys that you can do that with. Now, Pato. We'll move on to defensive primo trade-ins. We don't have many. We've got four, and they're kind of three of them are unique. One's really not. Um, so the first one is going to be a bloke that's he's actually fifth in the defenders' ranking for total points. That's Dan Houston, Pato, and we had a bit of a talk about him in the preseason. Um, if you remember correctly, it was you that actually brought him up. Yeah, didn't we talk about? Yeah, we talked about him last week as well. Yeah, we talked about him last week. We talked about him in preseason. Um, he's having an okay year, but his last six games, Pato, 128, 114, 112. Got that 47 in there against the Dogs, but who gives a fuck? 146 and 156. Are you, yeah, you we touched good, the, good. Yeah, we touched on the previous five weeks last week without his 156, and we've mentioned that that random score was more of a wing roll against the Dogs. So a <laughs> back roll. Um, obviously a slightly inflated score because of the game-winning goal, but he still had 30-odd touches. So it's not like he's had a random 
game-winning goal that put his score up by 60 and he was playing shit. Like, he it was good before the goal. So, yeah. Um, nice little POD. I'm curious as to think who you think isn't the unique here because they're all pretty unique. Um, um, well, but Houston we isn't just two percent of teams, and if you can afford it, say a will day up for Dan Houston as a luxury trade, I actually love it. Well, I said three out of four. Um, the one that's not really unique, in my opinion, is Sam Doherty. He's at seven point four percent. So I think anything under 7% is a POD. Might be a bit harsh. So you're but... docking Doherty off 0.4%. Hey, no man. Intended hey, man. Just saying. They'll fail you if you're 0.4% under in a in a fucking test <laughs> at uni. So, soz, bro. <laughs> I think I would say anything under 10% is really attractive, especially this time of year. Yeah. Um, and I think if you can see sort of top 5%, top 10% ownership, which I – Live podcasting. I don't know whether you can actually see that. Uh, you can see trade-ins uh, for the like most popular trade-ins for the top one percent, five percent, and ten percent for the yeah. round. But it doesn't. It's not position specific though. That's the. Um, oh, hang on. No, I can. I can see it. So ranked in the top one percent. Um, okay, I've got it, Pato. So. The guys that we're tra- that we're talking about, your fake primos ranked nine in the top one percent. By the way, so in the top one percent, Sam Doherty is ranked number eighteen, as in eighteenth highest owned. Correct. Right in the defenders, that includes Charlie Constable at number five. <laughs> yeah, Oyson Mullen at number eight. Oh Christ! Uh, Campbell Chesser at number eleven. Chincotter wow. at number 13, Melican 14, um, Terrell Dewar at number 17. Yeah, the loophole. Yep, the loop. And then you got Sam Doherty at number 18. So, yeah. And then all the rest are, like, filtered down. So, there you go. There's some top one percenters there for you, Pato. Yeah. I think I think that's sort of what you need to look at is that ownership in the top 5% or so. So, you want top 5%? Um, so it's 9%. 9% of the top five five have Sam Doherty. Excuse me. Yep, 9.3%. You are correct. I found it. Yeah. <laughs> 15 less teams than James Sicily. I'm surprised, but point, there's one team in the top 5% that doesn't have Nick Dacos. One team. Fuck. Anyway, we're getting distracted. Um, so anyway, Dan Houston, fucking good trading option. Good POD. Bailey Dale, who is not anywhere in this list that we are currently looking at live podcasting. Um, 4%. Oh, actually, he's one under Dan Houston. Dan Houston's ranked 24, and Bailey Dale's ranked 25 in the top 5% of defenders owned. Um, mm. So, Bailey Dale, I fucking love. And I, it still pains me that I don't have him, and I really want him, and I don't have enough trades to be able to warrant it, considering I've got other issues. What do you like? Yeah, about I'm really, that? I'm really glad I jumped on Dale when I did. To be honest, five twenty seven k I think still is really good value. Yeah, really, really good value. And three um, percent of total teams, four percent of the top five percent. So I really like it. Uh, five round average of one hundred and six, which is really, really good. And an overall average of ninety three doesn't look great, but it's. It's the stuff in the last sort of six weeks or so when the when their defense really got hampered by injuries. So 
I'm hoping some of the guys, some of those guys aren't too far from, uh, are far away from coming back. But I, I still think his scores are okay enough, um, to be holding on to him. Yeah. And we were touching on Sam Doherty already. Um, he's still good value. Um, just annoying if you traded him out earlier and you just can't be fucked trading him back in because of that reason. He's 535A on the nose. Um, and he's gone 111 and 180 in his last two. So he's going okay. Yeah, not sh- quite showing the ceiling that he has in previous years of those sort of 140 plus scores. But for 535K, you could certainly go less. And he's only about 40K more than Will Day if you're looking to get rid of him. So there's an option. Yep. And the last one we got is the Lizard, Nick Blakey uh, in the defense. And <laughs> best nickname. <laughs> yeah, especially when you look at the fucking play. Yeah, he fucking does look like a. He look, yeah, he does look like a frilled lizard fucking running. Um, <laughs> inter- interesting about him is his next opponent's Richmond, and he got 151 points earlier in the season against them, Pato. Yeah, the way Richmond kicked the ball inside 50, he'll score a 200 against us on Thursday night. And he's 493,400, so a little bit of a POD um, in total Cheaper teams. Will Day. 493K. Is Will- Wait, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on. Yeah, fuck, he is too. Wow. I know. Wow. Will Day's a frustrating own. Um, showed a lot of promise the last two weeks and then came out with that fucking 65. But anyway, I could fucking rant about that motherfucker. All right, Pato. So now we move on to the mids. And there is one in particular that is apparently the most traded in player that's not in my team, and I'm even going to see him in the top 1%. Yep, in the top 1% too. And we've been saying, keep a fucking eye on him, and that's Callum Mills, and he's down to 404,000 that day. And he got a 106 last round. So is he yeah. finally back? Look, he looked good. He looked good, had a midfield role, everything you'd want from him. But I don't know. I still have doubts because of how much he can get thrown around. But... 77 and 106 coming back from injury, coming into a game against Richmond. Um, it looks pretty juicy. Mm-hmm. And this is an easy out for someone that might own a Jack, Jack Steel. Steel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you actually pocket 40 odd K from that. Sounds weird, doesn't it? It does. It does. But Callum Mills of 400 K is pretty nutty. Yeah. If you and had they're making the- a run, they're making a run at finals. If you had a Nat Fife and you had that change, but your Nat Fife is on the bench, would you trade Fife to Mills if you had Steel at M8? I don't mind it being able to loophole them both and you just take anything over 90 between them both. <laughs> yep. I'm essentially doing the same thing with Sheldrick and Steel. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh, I just, yeah. He, he's a big, he's a popular trade in this week. He's what? In trading percentage, so he's had 200 and is that 215 people have traded him in, or is that I'm I'm getting confused by these numbers. Oh, 215 in the top one percent have traded him in, yeah, and 12 and a half there, uh, 12 and a half hundred, uh, in the top five percent, and 6,300 coaches in total. So that's 14.6 percent of the comp are trading him in, and it's only yeah. Monday, it's only Monday, so yeah, I. Like like we said weeks ago, um, when he was named to play against, well, it was only two weeks ago, he was named to play against West Coast. We're like, wait till that four is out of his rolling average. 
it's now out. Now yeah, you just got to play the game. It's a discount of 238000 on his starting price, which is pretty crazy. Break even of 47. So it, it kind of has to be now if you want him at, at the price. And I think it's a good matchup coming up against Richmond. He'll probably run with Tim Taranto. Yeah. Yeah. What about Brad Crouch, Pato? What are your thoughts on him? He's another one that is going good um, to the detriment of Jack Steele. Jack Steele just looks fucking. We, we could go on about fucking Jack Steele, couldn't we? We certainly could. Um, the only thing that's going to as slightly concerning, he got 134 super coach and Rolando getting 17 tackles to get there. Yeah. And he didn't have a clanger and went at 76%. So as someone that got 26 touches, 17 tackles, no turnovers or no clangers with seven clearances and 11 contested possessions, I feel like it's a 150 game. So what does he have to do? So I think he's definitely the number one guy there now um, with still really struggling this year. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And we've always known that Brad Crouch is good and going to be good. It's just really fucking late. He's like, what, 28, 29 or something now, but um, better late than never. Very true. Who was it from Hawthorne years ago? Jordan Lewis. Remember when Jordan Lewis just had that random breakout year and he was like 29? Yeah. yeah it kind of reminds me of that a bit. Uh, Darcy Parrish, 572K, Pato. Thoughts on him? You know how much I love him. Yeah, I mean, he got, what, 130-odd on the weekend? Uh, yep. This this is a real smoky, like, left-field POD sort of thing, and he has a ceiling. We know what the ceiling is. 132 in your second game back from six weeks off, really, really good. Um, the run home looks pretty pretty good as well. He's got oh, back-to-back yeah. games against the, the Dogs and the Swans, which are a bit tricky, but then he goes West Coast, North, Giants, Collingwood, who... The Giants is a bit tricky in terms of the midfield matchup, but that's a pretty juicy last three out of four games. So still at a really good price, I think, but not for much longer. Uh, I think I think you needed to grab him. Now, Pato, there's a bloke that I jokingly said last week about me potentially bringing him in just to shit stir you. And he actually went 104, and that's Paddy Cripps. <laughs> at 465,900, he has... These are his next few weeks. He's got Frio, then Port, then West Coast. Now, he's going to be playing in front of his, what, fam? He's from WA, isn't he? Yeah. He's going to be playing in front of his family at Optus Stadium against Frio. Then has to go to Marvel for two games in a row. It's a lazy 122 average at Optus Stadium, by the way. That's why I brought it up. He loves playing in front of the fam It's just a shame that he doesn't play West Coast at Optus. Yeah. Yeah, how do you feel? How are you feeling? When did you trade him out, Pato? <laughs> <laughs> was it the was it the Gold Coast? The week, game? yeah, the week he went one seventeen or whatever it was. <laughs> oh, we've all been there, done that, man. We've all been there, um, done that. If it wasn't for the round fifteen buy, I probably would have kept him. Yeah, but we can we can talk about hindsight trades all we like. Like it is yeah. what it is. Uh, look. I'm a big believer on eye test. I didn't catch this game, so I don't know how he was how he was moving. I can tell you if he's moving any better than Jack Steele, um, that's a pretty easy leap across. <laughs> I guess I yeah. think Steele is about the same price. Oh, it's twenty k less. Um, obviously, Mills is your number one if you're jumping off a steal, but yeah, I don't hate Patrick Cripps as an option either. The one that I do like and who I actually traded in is Luke Davies Uniac Pato. Yeah. Got a, got a few people going, why the fuck did you do that? Um, first game back was against the Crom. 
Got a 94, so I wasn't disappointed at Adelaide Oval, but I I feel like he's given off Parish vibes. First game back in the 90s, I reckon he's going to go over 100 in the next few. Could even go over 100 in the next four. He's got Geelong, but then Hawthorne Saints West Coast. Yep, had the most CBAs of all North players as well in just 67% game time. So if there's a guy that you're certain plays in that North midfield, it's Luke Davis Uniac. He's their star guy, and... He's in 1% of the top five. So if there's someone that you're going to bring in at a really, really good price for an eight-week run, I think LDU is your man if you're looking at someone in that price. Look, it could go wrong. He could do his calf again. But I think the price and the fact that he could go 120 on the rest of the season, don't know. And that's not even an exaggeration. Like That's how good he is. That's how much of a ceiling he has shown. Um, And the run home... Is really, really good. Yeah. I just want to double check something here. So we're going to move on to the forward line. When it, are we skipping the rucks, are we? Again, just skip them. Everyone's got yeah, their rucks sorted. Rucks. Um, we should talk about Briggs, though, Dano. Yeah, what the fuck happened there? <laughs> he was over 100 and then got scaled down to 87. He scored 40-odd less than Sean Darcy. Who cost more at the start of the season. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um. Oh, yeah, so we're going to the forward line, and I just want to check something. Ben Keys, Paddo, we both have him, brought him in, um, but there's a bit of concern there. Uh, what was his how, – how many CBAs did he get? Did he even play in the midfield? Who's this, sorry? Ben Keys. He had one CBA. That's not filling me with confidence right now. No, it's concerning. Like, he was still around the stoppages. Like, he – would come in and be the extra guy in a stoppage um, all the time. His heat map is very wing dominant. I feel like this is a little bit opponent dependent. And I think that the fact that they played North, North don't really have a guy you need to tag as such. Like Davis Unac gets close, but I, with the game the way it was, they pumped CBAs into the likes of Rochelle, Hedlar, Saligo, and those guys. So, as I said, I feel like it will depend on who they play week to week. Now, there's a matchup for him this week. I'm trying to find... Merritt or Parrish he's got this week. Yeah, I, I reckon he goes with Parrish, if I'm honest. Um, I don't think he's tanked to go with Merritt. I think maybe that's a lead job, trying to free up Dawson to go nuts. But I think he has a midfield run with roll either way this week. So I wouldn't be too concerned. Um, the fact that he ran with Nick Dacos last week and still scored 119. Granted, Dacos played forward. Uh, sorry, played midfield. I look at the run home. There's no obvious sort of halfbacks to me that jump out that need attention on the rest of the season. And plenty of pretty strong midfields. You've got, obviously, Essendon this week. Giants, Melbourne, Port Adelaide. So there's three teams that he would probably have a midfield role running with. Um, someone there. The yep. Suns, I mean, he'll probably get Tuke Miller. He'll be well and surely back by then. Brisbane, he probably gets a Dunkley or a, or a Neil job. And the last two, Sydney and West Coast. So I, I think he's fine. I still think he's really good value. Although, like, it's getting to the point where it's like, well, you may as well just try and go a Mills if you can with DPP um, for a lot cheaper. So I think at, at 506K on the nose, I think it's there's a little bit more to question. It's only in 17% of teams in the top 5%, don't know, which is a little bit surprising. Yeah, right. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Um, Errol Goulden, Pato. Uh, um, yeah. Most teams should have him. How many is he in? 
Still only 53. 53. Okay. He's a 585k. I wouldn't go out of my way to pay 585k for him now, but that's because we started him at 472. So, um, but he's going good. Um, he had a three game period where he wasn't good. And he's had now a three game period where he's back. So, yeah, I don't think we need to talk about Errol Gordon much because I think we talk about him like every second week. Yeah. And he's in 93% of teams in the top 5%. So, Really not someone we have to go too much into. Um, the forward line's tricky because most most of the top relevant forwards are in 85% plus of teams anyway. So not a line. Well, we, we can almost skip the forward line very, very soon once Himmelberg gets out of reach. Yeah. You know who's not out of reach, Pato? That's a real fucking weird. But what, out, outsider, he's only had, what, two games over 100. One was last round. I do know because I did the run sheet. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so who is it? Jai Coldwell. It is Jai Coldwell. This one doesn't fill me with confidence. Um, I don't actually. I didn't watch the Essendon game, so I actually don't know what the role was. Um, did you have any insight into that one, Pato? Uh, I watched a little bit of this game. Saw the end of it, which was a thrilling end, mind you. Uh, Coldwell had nine CBAs, but was around the ball, so he was absolutely part of stoppages. So. I think like this is a really young kid that's finally getting some chances around the ball, and I think he's relishing. And like I'll go as far as saying we're going to lose a lot of really good forward options next year. If Jai Caldwell is a forward next year, I will probably pick him. Yeah, right. Although I'm not sure if we get that lucky. Well, there's a. I'm just letting you know there's a whole bunch of um, forwards coming up in this draft, and uh, most of them will probably be mid forwards. I'd say. Very good. But if they play is another thing. Um, move on to no flogs on our teams, but someone had <laughs> fucking Dugowie this year, so. Um, yeah, let's not talk about that. <laughs> Darren Thomas, 382K. Now, he's gone 89-112-75-94. He's actually in 12.6% percent of teams there, Pato. Have him. And was back around the CBA uh, numbers as well. Um, attending 18 CBAs. I just don't like it. I hate it too, but he's 382,000 and like he's he's a high scorer. He might get you 95 on the rest of the year at a sub 400k price. Probably outscores Jack Steele on the season, Dano. Mm, yeah, probably. Fuck. And probably helps you upgrade a Will Day as well if you're holding those two. So, Will Day, okay. So, Will Day's had one bad game in three. <laughs> oh, I know, I know I've been so frustrated with him. But the two games before he cracked over a hundred. We were giving him a we're giving him a tough time. Two out of three eight bear, that's sixty six percent. back back to Tarrant Thomas, can't do it. Yeah, I mean I can't either, but if you're willing to have a flog in your team, um, I think it's really good value. Now, Pato, you keep putting down Harry Himmelberg, and I've noticed that other teams have Harry Himmelberg. Um, how many in the top 1% have him? I'm actually intrigued. Let's have a look. Top 1%. Top 1%. So 15.1% of the top 1% own Harry Himmelberg. And I don't know why. I think this is an interesting one. I, I generally don't like suggesting antipods. And, and antipods means going against the crowd. Last week, I suggested that going Darcy Cameron wasn't a good idea. And that's kind of proven to be, I mean, sure, short-term view, but it's proven to be pretty pretty accurate so far. I think this is an antipod 
as well. Um, and I know the price is really good, but like he had eleven turnovers on the weekend, don't I? And I know it was it was really wet conditions up in Alice Springs. I'll say, but he had he had um, eight kick-ins. So he's the role is really good, and he's had it for a month. And has he even gone over a hundred? Yeah, one time against one. Richmond. Oh, yeah, wait, so oh, he, no, so early, early on in the season, he went over a hundred. He actually got a hundred against Brisbane when he was playing forward. So that doesn't count. I mean, in this role, uh, I think he started against uh, Richmond. So he got the one hundred and three, and then he's gone eighty eight, seventy two, eighty four. And I'll say any defender just about is locked into a hundred against Richmond. Especially if you're an intercept defender, hmm. so like that really doesn't show me much confidence. Yeah, I don't get it. As a Giants man, I don't get it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm willing to suggest this is also better to go against the pack. Yep, I think Taron Thomas is a better trading option if we ignore the off-field shit. <sighs> yeah, be honest, he is a better trading option. <laughs> Pains me to say. You, you didn't want to say that with the recording, but... <laughs> no, it, I had to. We have to. We're, like, we're, we're here for the people, and yeah. All right. We've got a question time, Pato. So the first one, we'll go to Facebook first. First one's from Liam. He said, what to do with Will Day? He's only had two tons in his last nine games. Do I hang on to him and hope he goes back to big scores once Sicily is back in defense? Literally, mess. Literally two out of his last three. The two games before last round, he was over 100. 109 and 141 before last game with his 65. Like, I feel like on recent form, you've got to hold him and hope that he just does it He does it again. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think you have to hold. I think from what I've heard people say, he just couldn't get near the footy in the midfield against Carlton, and he also played some defense, which in absolute honesty, is the exact same role he had against Gold Coast where he had a lot more luck. Yep. Yeah, I yeah. Gotta I yeah, gotta hold. Um we've got a question here about I'll I'll jump to the ads uh ads Leonard. He has said Mills question mark, is he worth the risk? Pato, you say yes, I say yes. What risk? <laughs> Injury risk for one. I mean, we're all willing to bring in Jack Steele at a little bit more than that coming off his injuries, and that's probably not a good example because it has been, it has backfired. But I, I think it's fine, especially if you've got bench cover. If it is for bench cover, absolutely all for it. If you can loophole with someone off the bench, it's even better. Although it makes it hard because Sheldrick is his teammate, but I don't see it as a huge risk at the price. Yeah. Um, the next one we've got. It's from Baden. Yeah, it's pretty simple. Trade or hold Warner. If trade, who would recommend at the same or lower price? Now, he injured his calf at training on Wednesday night last week, and it, the injury lists haven't updated on the AFL website yet, but it, they're expecting him to be sidelined for several weeks. Several weeks means three or more. I feel like you've got to trade. It, it, for me, it kind of depends on... What your cover is. If your cover is Sheldrick, I'm okay with holding on to him. But at the same time, if you're chasing Frank, I think you need to be aggressive and move him on, even if it's to Mills. I think that's pretty easy. Yeah. Playing for league and you're in an okay position, I would be holding on to him, and he's a really great POD for your finals. Yeah. I just want to see something. Live podcasting. Fucking got to love it, Pato. I just want to check his price. 551. 
Oh, so you actually got like decent players around yep. him if you saw it. Yep. Let's let's go. Sort by a price. Harish is about fifteen to twenty more if you can get to that. Caleb Sarong's there. There's a player that we haven't spoken about. That's a massive fucking POD paddo. That's Adam Chera. Although he's six twenty four K. Fuck that shit. That's too much. Uh, too much. I just clicked him then. I thought that was a five. <laughs> yeah, so you got Matt Rowell there. No. No, Tuke's back this week. Yeah, okay. Caleb Sarong, how many teams is he in? I feel like... 34,452, 18%. 18%. Yeah, I still don't mind that. You get enough of those 18% guys and whatnot, and your team's POD is shit anyway. Luke Parker's up to 600K. Yeah, it was good trading, man. Thank you. Um, There's not a lot else at the price point. Brad Crouch is intriguing. And I think it provides a similar sort of POD ness. One is in six percent of teams, which is a little bit surprising. Brad Crouch just in just two percent. And I think ninety-five K less is Patrick Cripps. And if you can do something nice with that change, then I don't mind that. Although you're just as likely to get a Patrick Cripps injury in a month and hating yourself for that trade. So <laughs> Yeah. LDU I don't mind as an option either. Jordan DeGowie's back, Pato. <laughs> He is. <laughs> What's your point? Uh, yes, Jack Crisp will lose his midfield role. Oh, fuck. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so we got some trading options there. Um, okay, so Aaron Monish, okay, now she goes, hey, lads, I've got nine trades left, and I'm turning Wardlaw and Dev, so Dev Robertson, into Mills and one of the Carlton lads, which gets my last rookie off-field. I'm lucky enough to still have one boost. Should I pop it and trade Day to Doherty or Dale or trade Steel to Cripps, only 480k for a mid? If I pop the boost, it leaves me six trades and some sort of cover on all lines, or do I hold the boost? P.S. Which Carlton lad should I be getting, assuming you'll go over both in the potty? Well, um, yeah, we went over Doherty and Cripps, so I reckon he's, he's in a prime position. Use the boost. Yeah, six, not much point in holding on to the boost, um, except if you've got a late out, which is pretty unlikely. I say that now, and almost certainly a Sunday afternoon primo is going down this weekend, so I apologise in advance. What, what, I think, what game does what day does Luke Parker play? Oh, shut up. No, he plays Thursday night. Ah, oh, there you go. Richmond, Richmond oh, City. Good cover. Yeah. Uh, look, I've, Doc Dale is interesting. I think Doherty is probably a better option than Dale, just because the dogs do have some guys that can come back from that defensive group. I think Cunningham is the better of the Carlton guys, but I don't mind being aggressive here because there's a lot of teams with like zero to two trades left. When he's talking about the Carlton lads, he's talking about Doherty and Cripps, I thought. No, he's not. Oh, okay. Oh, so he's talking about Cunningham and... Um... He's turning Wardlaw and Dev into Mills and one of the Carlton lads. Which gets his last rookie off the field. So he's downgrading Wardlaw. Oh, yeah. So should he pop it and trade day to Doherty or Upgrading Dev Yeah, okay. Okay, cool. Fuck yeah, man. Good shit. So, yeah. Doherty, I think. Cunningham, I think. And then I prefer LDU to Crips, if I'm completely honest. I do too. Oh, he's only got 480K. Doesn't quite have enough. Uh, that's what about shit. Mills? Does he already have Mills? Oh, no. He's getting Mills. Yeah. 480 is a pretty poopy price to be shopping in. It is. 
It fucking is. A huge risk, but Patrick Dangerfield is 475. No. no. You couldn't, could you? No. <laughs> no fucking way. Oh, I'm going to Twitter. Um, oh, we're going to be on one on Twitter anyway. It's Scoby. So, <laughs> Scoby asks... Is Mills the best loop option this week, or will he get violated by that peanut horse and his coaching? He's had previous Mr. Fix-It roles before, which hinder his scoring. We also had one from Scobie on Facebook. Oh, did we? Yeah, I can't see it. Oh, fuck. Oh, because it's on, it's on that fucking most relevant one. So apparently yeah, he's not relevant. It's the only one that got taken off. Um, here we go. I'll talk, I'll do his, um, Facebook one too. So he goes, what's more disgusting? The Pom's reaction to Wombat looking bare stone, <laughs> being rightfully given out, being a brain dead peanut and wondering it, and wondering it should say, fucking brain dead peanut, learn to grammar and wandering out of his crease for a nibble of a cheeseburger or Jack Steele failing to turn up against literally the equivalent of the Malaysian under nines Auskick team. <laughs> <laughs> it it's got to be the palms. I mean, I'm even seeing some some Indian cricketers on Twitter saying it's out. Like, stop your engine, pommies. Um, of course, I'd say that. I love good man. Get over it. Um, but fucking hell, Jack Steele. Fucking hell. Yeah, disgusting. I think I'm gonna trade him out. I'm gonna hold him just to see if he pops off like Crips did, and I'll thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, Pato. We're not called the Supercoach Co-Captains for nothing. Every week we give our listeners VC and C options to set their team apart from the rest. So, without further ado, we got Thursday night footy, 15th versus 13th, Richmond versus Swans. Who you got? I like either one of Mills or Parker here. Don't like a Goulden? I actually... Or a Nick Blakey as a VC. I I prefer a Friday night VC. Okay. Okay. That's true. Uh, but you don't mind a little bit of the lizard action? Yeah. Interesting uh, category on Pornhub. Got him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Jeez. Moving on. Please. No Taranto? Nah. Nah, he probably gets a bit of attention again. Yeah. Uh, and Friday yeah. night. Friday night. Western Bulldogs versus Collingwood at Marvel. Who you got, Paddy? I think there's a few really good options here. I really like... Tim English to to do a number on Darcy Cameron. I love Bonson Pally. I I think he probably gets let off the chain a little bit and maybe goes like a really big score at Marvel in a big game. Mm. But there's probably one I like the best, Dano. Ooh. And that is Disco Dacos. You just don't think they'll give him any sort of attention like no one else does? They don't. Hmm. They concede pretty high scores to halfbacks. Yeah, fair. Yeah, don't mind it. Um, I don't mind. It's hard because I like to say Jack McRae, but I don't think he's going big. I think Trelaw has been going all right too, but yeah. Against his old team? So worth noting that Frio, one, two, three, four, five, they had six 100s on the weekend. Two of them were Sarong and Darcy. The other four were all defenders. And young Henry, who's been playing halfback, and Clark are that traditional running halfback, and Cox is an intercept defender, and they all went over 100. So, And Ryan got 97. Um, so I think Dacos kind of gets left to do as he pleases in a but big any, game. 
for anyone that did jump on Adam Trelaw since coming back, since coming back, he's gone 131, 122, 142, 112. Mate, I'd be shocked if he's in more than 0.5% of the top fucking 10%. So we're wasting your time there. Never know. Uh, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Saturday's game is a big is a big one. Brisbane versus West Coast Eagles, Weebles, fucking whatever, at the Gabba. I can't be fucked with Dunkley, to be honest. I feel like he's a sub-risk now against these real shit teams when they're up by a heap. But Lockie Neal. I feel like he's a lockety lock. Yeah, I, I think it's gonna it's gonna be really good to get this locked away by Saturday afternoon, so I don't have to worry about captaincy. Really easy for me. I think it's one of Dacos or Bontepelli into Lockie Neal. I think, yeah. yeah. So I, I, I like there's really great options, and we'll go over those later in the round. But pretty hard to see a world in which Lockie Neal doesn't go over 150 against the Eagles. Assuming he doesn't get subbed off rested. Yeah. Giants versus Hawthorne at Giants Stadium, Paddy. Anyone? Not sure I like many on this game. I feel like Josh Kelly's due for his big 180 game. He hasn't had it this year, has he? Hit a nice game winning goal on the weekend. Fucking that he did, eh? Did he get many points for that? No. Nah, it's like they stopped this, the bullshit. massive scaling for it. He only got 93 on the weekend. That's bullshit. Houston so, got 40-odd for his goal. So he got in round 14, 164, but he hasn't got his big 180 game at all. No, nah, it'll be against Richmond. Yeah, probably. Um, Secure versus Melbourne at Marvel. Um, Melbourne have been conceding really high scores to halfbacks, so I do like Mr. Sinclair in this one. Yeah. Yep. But you wouldn't put the C on him. Um, Petrarca probably tears Secure a new one. I think... Oliver, if you don't believe the rumours going around, should finally be back this weekend and probably goes big, although... Um, can, I, can I just say something? Probably comes straight into a tag. Petrarca got 128 by kicking those four behinds in a row. His score could have yeah. been absolutely fucking mental. Um, anyway, yeah. I'll quickly move well, on because we're going to run because... out of time. Okay, go. Yeah. Uh, Port Adelaide versus Gold Coast Suns at Adelaide Oval. Butters, Rosie... Okay. Yeah, Butters, Rosie, um, stock standard. Yeah. Jared yep. Witts, if you've got him. Yeah, true, true, true. Sunday, Geelong versus North Melbourne at GMHB ABC at EFG Stadium. Tomahawk. Reckon Tomahawk will kick a fucking huge snag of Roonies, a huge bag of Roonies. Oh, Jezra will be back as well. So they'll be fighting. Imagine if they kicked, like, fucking seven goals each. Can you rule it out? No, you actually can't. Not down yeah. there. Yeah, and, and one of Ben Mackay or Harry Mackay won't play. Um, because they're the same person, and one's at GMHBA Stadium at one ten, and the other one's at four forty PM at the stadium. So, yeah, you're going to struggle to do the three hour plane trip in that time. Yeah, correct. Um, unless you get subbed out early, Ben McKay, then we know what's going on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't actually mind LDU as a real smoky. Yeah, they probably tag him though. That's the thing. Yeah, probably. Essendon versus Adelaide Marvel Stadium. There's a couple of really good options in this one. I really like either of the Adelaide guys, and I know people are going to be pissed at Laird over his lower score last weekend, but I think he bounces back against Essendon. Yeah. really like Dawson as well. Essendon don't really have negating midfielders. Really like Merritt. Um, he's looking like a really safe 130-plus if you're going off his form. So Yeah. Yep. Okay, we'll move on because we've got less than a minute or we're getting cut off, Paddo. Um, yeah, I love those ones. Fremantle versus Carlton. Quickly go. 
No one. No one? Easy. Pat Oh, Darcy, actually. Darcy. Um, oh, yep. Carlton don't have a ruck. Yeah, that's true. Good, good chat, actually. At P-A-T-T-O-S-Triple-C. That's his Twitter handle, and mine is at D-A-N-E-O-S-Triple-C. So, from us at the Supercoach Co-Captains, I'm Dano. I'm Pato. And this is us signing. The fuck off. <laughs>